You can't get enough of the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. The King of glory. I want to read the prophetic word, the prophetic word to you. At least part of it this morning. It says, a new era has begun and more and more signs and wonders will be seen in 2021. For those who heed my voice and obey my words, they'll experience my goodness and my power as never seen nor heard. They'll see the fruit of their faithfulness come bursting forth and they'll prosper and flourish like never before. Abundance and overflow, that's what they'll see. I'll bring it to pass because of their love and obedience to me. No longer will their enemy have the upper hand for my spirit is moving and an outpouring of my power is coming upon the land. Many triumphant victories will mark this new era. It's what I plan, so rest in me. Miracle after miracle, that's what I'll do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Refuse to be swayed by what's said in the news with me on your side. How can you lose? So stay with my word. It's faithful and true. I'll bring it to pass and great things I will do. Yes, a new era is here. It's already begun and I plan marvelous things for 2021. Abundant overflow is the order of the day. So rest assured it's on its way. Your adversary can't stop what I've already decreed. So stay in faith. Can you say that with me? Stay in faith. Can you say it again? Stay in faith. And get ready to receive. And then it says, allow no one to discourage you by what they say. Keep looking to me and I'll have my way. And it says, tell my people they need to remain strong and stay close to me. So just in these few short sentences, we see stay in faith. We see keep looking to me. Keep is another word for remaining or staying. And then it says, remain strong and stay close to me so they'll not be deceived by their enemy. His attacks will intensify and he'll try to prevail, but my power is greater and it shall not fail. Fear not, nor be fretful over whatever shall come. The battle is mine and I've already won. Contrary to what you'll see and what you show here, 2021 will be a great year, a year of abundance and overflow. That's my plan and it shall be so. Can you give God a shout of praise for that? Amen. Amen. And then another word that we received, and I'm looking forward to talking about this more, says a great shaking and a great shifting, a great displacing will take place in our nation. Then immediately following this, there will come a great awakening and a great outpouring. Amen. I don't know. I have a great expectancy for all that God wants to do and all that God is doing in this season. Amen. 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 Now I've been talking about the King of glory and in that scripture in Psalms 24, it says, lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you age-abiding doors, and the king of glory shall come in. The king of glory, the Lord strong and mighty. See, the enemy is out for your strength. He's out for your strength. Discouragement comes ultimately to steal your strength. 
The enemy comes to steal your strength and he will do it by stealing your joy. If he, <coughs> excuse me, stealing your joy. If your joy has been stolen, then you have nothing for faith to rest. See, faith is a, a joy is a product of your faith. Romans tells us that, that peace and joy. I believe it's Romans, uh, I think it's Romans uh, 15, 13, I believe it is. That, that peace and joy is multiplied. And peace and joy is a, is a result of our faith, right? And, and, and so, so if the enemy is out for bring, trying to bring discouragement, to bring attacks into our lives, he's ultimately out to steal our faith. And this prophetic word tells us that we need to stay in faith. It tells us we need to remain strong and we need to stay close to him. It tells us we need to keep looking to him. And, and this whole thing of the king of glory, let the king of glory come in. See, the enemy wants you to be focusing on everything but him. The enemy wants you to be focusing on your discouragement, focusing on the tax, focusing on what you're going through, what you're facing. But I'm telling you, as believers, we need to put a stake in the ground and we need to draw a line in the sand. And we will say that the enemy will not steal my faith. The enemy will not prevail against me. It doesn't matter what attack might come. It doesn't matter what report I might receive. But I refuse to the, allow the enemy to destroy and take away my faith. It's not, you see, I have God's faith. It's not the enemy's faith. Paul said, Paul said this. He goes, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, not I that lives, but it's Christ that lives within me. And this life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Meaning, I'm not, he's not living in his own understanding. He's not living on his own, his own merits or his own confidence. But his faith is totally founded in what Christ has done and what Christ has established. The King of glory. Can you say that? The King of glory. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter 2. Let's look at verse 7. It says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. There's so much in this is one of my favorite chapters in, in the book of 1 Corinthians. And there's so much here. But it says, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. It says, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Meaning there's this wisdom that's spoken and this wisdom that is spoken and this wisdom that's been hidden is for our glory. Not God's glory, but this wisdom is for our glory. It's for my glory. And I would love to just, just talk for the next three hours on this chapter about hidden wisdom, about speaking wisdom. But I want you to see something. The next verse says, which none of the princes of this world knew. 
Now, when it says princes, it's talking about the God of this world. It's talking about the demon influences of the world. It's talking about the demonic darkness that's in the world. What? Because because you know the two chapters over from this, and 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 actually, second uh, the next Second uh, Corinthians chapter four tells us that that Satan is the god of this world. So here it says, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it. So even, even spiritual darkness or even, even leaders in the world at that time, natural princes, natural leaders, if they had known what they were doing, it said they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If they had known, if they really knew, if Satan really knew what he was doing, he would not have done it. So, but this is wisdom that was spoken. And this wisdom that was spoken for our, our glory. And if the enemy knew this wisdom, if the enemy knew what was about to happen, if the enemy knew God's plan, if, if, the, if the enemy knew what God had prepared, if the enemy knew what God was making ready, if the enemy knew what God was working on, he said, the enemy, it said he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. He would not have crucified the Lord of glory. See, he's not just the king of glory, but he's the Lord of glory. The king of glory. And and who is this king of glory? Who is this Lord of glory? He is the Lord strong and mighty. You see, when you know him, there's a strength that invades your life. When you get acquainted with him, there's an empowerment that quickens you. There is a force that undergirds you. There is something that your life can be established and built upon. I don't build my life upon fables or tall tales. I build my life upon the Lord of glory, the king of glory, because it's in him I find my strength. Which none of the princes of this world known for had they known it. They would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I had not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things, the things which God had prepared for them that love him. Hallelujah. But as is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. God has wonderful things prepared for you. Marvelous things prepared. Marvelous things made ready. See, there's some of you, you've, you've experienced some attacks. You've experienced some setbacks. You've experienced difficulty in 2020. But I <laughs> Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. There's some things that the enemy has tried to do in your life. But it's almost kind of like I keep hearing to say, if, if, if the enemy had only known what God was going to pull out of you as you walk through what you're facing, he would have never have attacked you. He would have never attacked the body of Christ like he's attacked the body of Christ because the body of Christ is stepping into its finest hour. There's wonderful things that have been prepared for you. 
Verse 10 says, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man except the spirit of a man that's within him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now, religion would try to say, see, you don't know what God's going to know. See, even man doesn't know what God's going to do, but you got to keep reading. It says, but the spirit of God knows. But the spirit of God knows. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit, which is of God and that we might know. See, God doesn't want us kept in the dark, meaning he's given us of his spirit that we might know that. Yeah, my eye natural. I might not have seen it. Yeah, my ear might not have heard it, but my heart might not have perceived it yet, but it's going to be revealed to me by his spirit. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit, which is of God See, the spirit of God was given to me, not so I could have a goosebump. So I could say I'm charismatic or super spiritual. No, I've been given the Holy Spirit. Part of it is that I might know the things that have been freely given to us of God. There's some things that God has given to us freely. Your salvation is a free gift. Your righteousness is a free gift. Healing is a free gift. Prosperity is a free gift. There are some things. See, this prophetic word that it came by the spirit of God are things that God has prepared for you. Things that he's prepared for me. And these are things that came from Dr. Savell by the spirit of God to make ready the things or to reveal to us the things that have been made available and the things that have been prepared. This isn't just cute words on a page. This is God revealing to us the things that have been made ready. The things that have been made ready. Hallelujah. I haven't got into my message yet. I'm just... (laughs) You see, the Lord of glory. See, the enemy wants to steal your hope. He wants to steal the image on the inside of you of your victory. He'd rather us just stay in discouragement. Instead of staying close to him. Let's go to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 8. Isaiah chapter 8. Thank you, Father. Thank you. For, say thank God for the word. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm in the wrong chapter, so let me get there. Man, the enemy is defeated. I'm just looking at each one of your eyes. The enemy is defeated. Hallelujah. We have the king of glory. I want to talk about for the rest of our time this morning, I want to talk about where does our strength come from? Where does our strength come from? In Isaiah chapter 8, Verse 19, I want to read this in a, I want to read this in the Passion Translation. It says, now suppose someone says, consult mediums and spiritists who moan and mutter their incantations in their ritual pits. 
After all, isn't it right for people to seek oracles from their gods by asking the dead about the destiny of the living? Now, now I know a lot of us, when we talk about, we see mediums and so there's some translations say wizards and there's different things. He goes, so really it's saying looking for answers in all the wrong places. You know, we have a tendency to do that. We, we, may, not, we may not call it mediums or spiritists. We may not call it those particular terminology and those different words, but bottom line is saying, why are you asking the dead about the destiny of the living? Why are we looking to things that don't have life in them? Why are we looking to other things to bring us the strength we, we feel like we need? Why are we we're trying to draw on only the things that the world might have to offer instead of on where we get our strength from? You see, this, is, this was all where, where humanity is without the, God, without the Father God. This is, this is what humanity is, is like. You know, I even think it's in Ecclesiastes and there's one translation where he talks about vanity, vanity. And there's one translation that says, all is like chasing the wind. Meaning you're going after all these natural things and, and, and then once you feel like you get to it, it's, it just kind of goes through your hands because there's nothing there. There's no substance there. There's no strength there. There's nothing to really hold on to. And that's what he's really dealing with here in Isaiah chapter 8. And verse 20 says, you are, you are to answer them. Listen to the teaching and the instruction of the Lord. If their speech does not line up with his word. They will have no light of dawn. Meaning if I don't have his word, I don't have light. If their speech does not, meaning what they're saying, if it's not lining up with the word of God, then there's no light of dawn. You know, and what is he, there's no, you have no hope. That's what it's referring to here. You have no light of dawn. Verse 21, they will wander here and there, distressed and hungry. And when they're famished, they will be enraged and begin to curse their king and their God. If they look to the heavens or to the earth, they will find only despair and darkness and fearful gloom. And they will be thrust into obscure darkness. Now, no, that sounds kind of heavy. But I want you to see, this is what humanity is like apart from God. See, I'm so glad that there was, there's, a, there's a chapter nine. <laughs> see, I'm so glad there's chapter nine because we could just leave there. There's, there's this death, there's despair, there's destruction, there's this, there's no light of dawn. <laughs> there's no hope, there's nothing. You just have to deal with it. But I'm telling you, we have the King of glory, the Lord that's strong and mighty. Let's look at verse two in Isaiah chapter nine. The people that walked in darkness. See, it's talking about the people we were just talking about in verse 22 of chapter eight. It says, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death upon them has the light shined. Though they multiply the nations and not increase their joy, they joy before thee according to the joy in harvest and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor as in the days of Midian. Let's go to verse 
6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. You see, even in the midst of the darkness, even in the midst of hopelessness, it said, light has dawned. I want you to know, even in the midst of your darkest hour, even in the midst of where you might feel hopeless this morning, I want you to know that light has dawned. And this is not something that we're waiting for. This is not, we're wait, this is not something, I'm so glad that we are on this side of the cross. I'm so grateful that I'm not waiting for a, for a child to come. I'm not waiting for a son to be given. I want you to know that child has come, and I want you to know the son has been given. Amen. See, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And it tells us about this son that's given, and it tells us that it says, it talks about his, his nature, his characteristics, his abilities. It says, he said that the government should be upon his shoulder and that his name shall be called Wonderful. He's wonderful. As we're in this time of the Christmas season, I want you to focus on how wonderful he is. As Cassie said, I, I can't stop thinking about how good he is. He's wonderful. He's Counselor, he's mighty God. Because he's the king of glory, but the Lord strong and mighty. He's the mighty God, this son that's been given. He's mighty. Joseph, he is not without strength or ability. It's interesting about this word in the Old Testament. One of the words that, that they describe this word mighty is the word impetuous. And this word impetuous, the word, if you define the word impetuous, it means to move with force. Someone that's, they, they move with force. And I want you to know that we serve a mighty God. And I'm telling you, I want you to know that he's moving on your behalf right now. Hallelujah. He's the mighty God. Let's go to, over to chapter 11. Chapter 11. Hallelujah. Verse 1, it says, And there shall come forth, out, come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Hallelujah. A rod out of the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Verse two, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might. Say might. Now we could break down all these different things, but there's something about this branch. There's something about this Rod that would come out of the stem of Jesse. There's something about this branch, and this branch would have the Spirit of God upon it. There's something, this branch would represent something. This, this branch, the, the DNA of the branch, the life that's flowing through this branch. It says that it's, it says it's a spirit of wisdom and understanding of counsel and might. And might. Can you say might? 
there's, there's this thing that we need to that I, I want to deal with the rest, the rest of our time here. And it deals with staying in faith and it deals with remaining strong and staying close to him. Let's go to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Now let's, let's just, as we're turning there, let's just think about this for a moment. There's things that God's prepared for you. He's the king of glory. He's the Lord strong and mighty. He's the Lord of glory. That's prepared thing. That's spoken things. That's revealed things and made known things to us. And we see that this, that this king of glory, we see that he's, he's this branch, this rod that came out of the stem of Jesse that would have the spirit of might upon him. He's a child that's not just born, but he's a son that's been given and that would have the, the spirit of the Lord would be upon him and it would be a spirit that's wonderful. He's counselor and he's mighty God, okay? Now let's look at John 15. Hallelujah. Verse one. Now Jesus is speaking here who is also the branch that it's referring to in Isaiah 11. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. So according to the prophetic word, we need to what remain strong and stay close. We need to stay in faith, keep looking to him. How, how much closer than you get can, than, than you can be if we talk about abide in? We're not, see, this isn't just abiding next to, this is abiding in. Abide in me. Abide in me. And I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit in itself. I like the sound of that. How about you? Fruit. You, you want fruit? This is, this is a, it says our, our you know, faithfulness will come bursting forth. The fruit of faithfulness come bursting forth. We, we know the, 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 just this the whole aspect of just uh, abundant overflow. And here it says, abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. Say much fruit. fruit. See, so, so the fruit in my life is going to have everything to do with where I'm remaining. Fruit in my life is going to have everything to do with where I'm connected and where I'm stationed and where I'm positioned. And so here it says, as I'm abiding in him. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me. This is continually. This isn't a one-time thing. 
He that abideth in me and I in him, it says the same brings forth much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. I'm telling you as believers, as the church, we need to be so abiding in him, so close to him. If a man abides not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. My father's glorified when you bear much fruit. Well, how do you gain much fruit? By abiding in him. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, let his word, let 2021 be about abiding in him and abiding in his word. Because it says out of that abiding, out of that place of relationship, out of that place of closeness with him, it said that we would experience and we would see much fruit. See, if he is the king of glory, Lord, strong and mighty, where are we going to find our strength when we're abiding in him and we're abiding in his word? Abiding in him and abiding in his word. Abiding in him and abiding in his word will cause us to bring forth much fruit. Let's go to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. His strength is available to each and every single one of us. The question is, where are we abiding? Where are we abiding? Thank you, Father. In 1 John chapter 2, let's look at verse 20. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. It says, but you have been anointed by, you hold a sacred appointment from, and you have been given an unction from. You know, years ago, I was reading the scripture in the Amplified, and, and I got to that part where it said, but you have been anointed by, and you hold a sacred appointment from. And the Lord said, you fo- he goes, Justin, you desire the anointing in your life, but are you showing up to your appointments? You, 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 you're desiring me to use you. you. You want me to use you, and you want to see greater things in your life, but have you shown up to your appointments? See, it says, it says you have been anointed by, I mean, this is past tense, meaning it's something that's already happened. You have been anointed by, it says you hold a sacred appointment from, you have been given an unction from the Holy one and you all know the truth and you know all things. For the sake of time, let's just go down to verse. Thank you, father. 24. As for you, keep in your heart what you have heard from the beginning. If what you have heard from first dwells and remains in you, then you will dwell in the Son and in the Father always. What did he say? He goes, if you hold to, if, 
He goes, if what you heard from the first dwells and remains in you, then you will dwell in the son and the father. So they had to hear something. The thing is, is are you holding on to the word? What did they hear? They heard the word. What did they hear? They heard their testimonies. What did they hear? They heard what God had done in their life. What did they hear? And he tells them, he says, he goes, if what you heard from the beginning dwells and remains in you, then you will dwell in the son and the father. Meaning as, as you're holding on to the things that you heard from me, John is saying, he goes, then you'll be dwelling in the son and the father. Verse 25. And this is what he himself had promised you, promised us. The life, eternal life. I write this to you with reference to those who would deceive you. See, the enemy wants you. What, the prophetic word, it talked about, it talked about don't be deceived by the enemy. Remain strong and stay close to him so you won't be deceived by the enemy. What is John telling? He's telling the same thing. I'm writing to you to tell you that you've got to hold on to the word. You can't let go of the word. Why? Because there are people, there's circumstances. The God of this world is going to want to come in and deceive you. Deceive you what? Out of the word, out of the promise, out of healing, out of prosperity, out of the promise, out of your purpose, out of your passion. That's what the enemy wants to do. But he's telling you, you got to remain, hold to those things that you heard. Because it's when you hold to the things that you heard that you will remain in the Father and in the Son. Then verse 27 says, but as for you, the anointing, the sacred appointment, the unction which you have received from him abides permanently in you. So that you have no need that anyone should instruct you. But just as his anointing teaches you concerning everything and is true is no falsehood. So you must abide in, you must abide in, live in, never depart from him, never depart from him. Now I've heard people say, you know, well, I don't go to church because I, 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 I believe in first John chapter two, verse 27. And you see, the word tells me that, that, um, you know what, I, I, that no one teaches me, but the Holy spirit. That's just ignorance gone to seed, as Brother Hagin would say. Well, I see, I, you, don't, you, don't, you don't need to go to church. You don't need to do those things. You, don't, you know, because I, I, I have the Holy Ghost, and he teaches me all things. Well, if that's the case, the Holy Ghost also wrote, wrote Ephesians chapter 4. And he said that he's given you pastors, prophets, evangelists, apostles, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints to do the work of the ministry. So, so the thing is, is, is this, isn't, this isn't about that you don't need other instructors. He's talking about you don't need more instructors. Meaning you don't need to go after all these different voices. Meaning because what you heard the first time was the truth. And the Holy Spirit, the anointing you have received, he abides in you and he is going to bring back to your remembrance and he's going to continue to bring back to the remembrance what the truth you've already heard. But it says this, he goes, his anointing teaches you concerning everything in is true and is not falsehood. So you must abide in, live in, never depart from him, being rooted in him, knit to him, just as his anointing has taught you to do. Meaning the anointing is going to do something, is going to teach you what? To stay close to him. 
The anointing is not going to cause you to wander around and flop here and there and everywhere. No, the anointing, the presence of God, the word of God, the anointing is going to always bring you back to staying next to him. I love that. He says, you must abide in, live in, never depart from him, never depart from him, never depart from him. See, this is the remaining strong and staying close. I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm, I'm stepping into, we have stepped into abundant overflow. Like you, I've, I've experienced attacks. But I'm telling you, I'm abiding in him. Annette and I, we're abiding in him. Because it's in that abiding. It's in that abiding. Hallelujah. Verse 28, and now little children, says it again, abide Live, remain permanently in him so that when he is made visible, we have and enjoy perfect confidence, boldness, insurance, and not be ashamed and shrink from him at his coming. Little children. And now, little children, abide, live in, remain permanently in him so that when he is made visible, we have and enjoy perfect confidence. Thank you, Father. You see, this abiding in, what does it get me to? It gets me to a place of confidence. And see, it's, I'm living with, this is, this is living with a daily confidence. This is not living with this, this confidence, this faith that my life is established in, no matter what I'm facing or what I'm going through, I have this confidence in him. And it says that I have this confidence all the way up until Jesus parts that eastern sky. Yeah. And this confidence, it's something that, it's, it, this confidence remains, I, Deborah, I, this confidence is something that strengthens me, empowers me until either I go to him or he comes to me. And I believe that that him coming to us is so much quicker than the other. And this, but see, this is, I mean, we, we, don't, we don't get out of this place. And too often we, we like to live here on Sundays, but what do we do Monday through Saturday? This is how we have to remain strong and stay close to him. This is waiting upon him. Thank you, Father. And now, little children, abide, live, remain permanently in him him so when he is made visible, when he does come back, we may have and enjoy perfect confidence and not be ashamed or shrink from him as coming. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. If you know, perceive, and are sure that he, Christ, is righteous, conforming to the Father's will, purpose, thought, and action, You may also know and be sure that everyone who does righteously, that is, therefore, in like manner, conformed to the divine will, is born of him. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4. I'm running out of time here. Philippians 4. Abiding in him, abiding in the anointing. So when I abide in him, it brings confidence to my life. If you have confidence, you have strength. Thank you, Father. Philippians 4. 
Where do we get our strength from? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Verse 10. Apostle Paul says this in the Amplified. He says, if I was made very happy in the Lord that now you have received your interest in my welfare after so long a time, you were indeed thinking of me, but you had no opportunity to show it. Not that I'm implying that I was in personal want, for I've learned how to be content, satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or disquieted in whatever state I'm in. Now, remember the prophetic word. It said tax will intensify and the enemy will try to prevail. Right? Now, the Apostle Paul tells us here, he goes, I'm happy in the Lord that now, verse 11 says, not that I'm implying that I have any personal want, for I have learned how to be content. Satisfied. To the point where I'm not disturbed or disquieted. Meaning it doesn't matter what my current status might look like. I don't let it affect me. I don't let it dictate my next step. I am not going to give up or get it. It doesn't matter if I have a little and it doesn't matter if I have a lot. It doesn't move me. It doesn't matter if I have a fever or I don't have a fever. It's not going to move me. It doesn't matter. Paul says, I know whatever state he goes to, I'm, that I'm going to be content. Now, you know, religion would say, well, we're just going to be in content and, you know, just, just bear, just bear it like a good soldier. There's might be, might be some sort of purpose in this. There might be some sort of God. He's, 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 you're going on up the rough side of the mountain just to see what's on the inside of you. No, Paul said, it doesn't matter what state I'm in. I'm not going to be disturbed or disquieted. I love how the emphasis says disquieted, meaning I'm not going to shut my mouth, but I'm going to speak. There's other places we could go with that, but he goes, I know how to be abased and live humbly and straighten circumstance. And I know also how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. I have learned in any and all circumstances the secret of facing, the secret of facing every situation, every, the secret to every situation. <laughs> There's a secret to every situation. <laughs> Thank you, Father. I have learned in any and all circumstances the secret of facing every situation, whether well-fed or going hungry, having a sufficiency and enough to spare, or going without and being in want. I have strength for all things in Christ. This is the secret. This is the secret. The secret is not never having another challenge, never having a setback, never having a disappointment, 
or never having a discouragement. We, we know the prophetic word said tax will intensify and he'll try to prevail. The secret is where are you abiding every day of your life? How could, what's the secret to facing every situation? Paul says this, I have strength for all things in Christ. You see, it's in Christ, Joseph. My strength is there. It's in Christ that I know this will turn to my salvation. It's in Christ. It's in Christ I am whole. It's in Christ I stand healed. It's in Christ I'm blessed. It's in Christ the favor of God is upon my life. It's in Christ. In Christ, Christ has been made into me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and, and redemption. I'm redeemed in Christ. I'm given wisdom in Christ. I'm set apart to my calling in Christ. I have wisdom in Christ. Everything I have is in Christ. The power of God is found when I'm resting in Christ. Ephesians 1 says, he hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I want you to know we're not waiting to be blessed, but we have been blessed with every blessing in spiritual places, heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Meaning everything that is available in heaven is in me when I'm in Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, this is so much more than a scripture that, that, that a basketball player can use and just say, I can do all things. I can do all things. Yes, yes, but what does that mean? It means I'm remaining in him. I'm remaining in him. It's not just what I can do on a basketball floor, but what can I do in my marriage? What can I do in my fight? What can I do in my business? What can I, what can I do in my calling? It's I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, this is where we abide. This is where we live as believers. And this is how we remain strong and we stay close to him. I have strength for all things in Christ. Now listen to this in the Amplified. Who empowers me? I love this. I am ready for anything and equal to anything. I'm ready for anything and I'm equal to anything. There's not an attack that you either have faced, are facing, or will face in the future that you cannot overcome. That you cannot overcome. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing that you will not that you will encounter or face that you don't have the ability to overcome it. Nothing. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him. Now get this, who infuses inner strength into me. You see, this might not be, this, this strength may not show up on the outside at first. It shows up in here first. See, and so often as believers, we're waiting to feel something. 
We're waiting for something to change. We're waiting for a, a symptom to leave. We're waiting for this to happen. We're waiting until the, there's money in the bank. We're waiting for all this. But none of those outside things matter because the strength begins in here. See, and it's when I'm strengthened in here and I'm abiding in him, it says that I'll have much fruit. He infuses inner strength into me. I just believe that you're being strengthened by the spirit of the Lord this morning. I believe as you're home watching today, I believe strength is coming into your physical body, coming into your spirit, man. And I declare that the enemy will not be victorious over you. Thank you, Father. I have strength for all things in Christ. I have strength for all things in the anointing. See, it's the anointing. Christ is the anointed one. Didn't say I have strength for all things in Jesus. It says I have strength for all things in the anointing. Now it's in Jesus. So this anointing is what empowers me. And then it says this, that I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiencies. I mean, I'm not, not, I'm not sufficient in what I can do. Oh, but man, <laughs> in, his, in him, I'm not lacking anything. I'm not lacking anything. It's, I, I, am, I, am, I am strengthened and made strong in Christ and in in what the anointing can bring in my life. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you see, this, this, is, this is why we can celebrate unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. See, this is the king of glory, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord that's mighty in battle. Hallelujah. The, the, the prince of this world had known he would, not have he would not have crucified what? The Lord of glory. Because the, the enemy knew that now I could abide in him and him abide in me. And I could ask what I will and it would be done for me. Whoa. Wow. If he had enemy had only known that what Jesus did on the cross, the Lord of glory, he would not have crucified him because it's in him I'm strong. It's in him I'm healed. It's him I'm prosperous. It's in him I'm made whole. It's in him all my days will be fulfilled. Hallelujah. Man, I hope they're shouting more at home than they are here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me close with this. Out of time. Zechariah chapter three, Zechariah chapter three. Now this, this isn't just about us experiencing him and it's not just being equipped by him, but as a church, what are we, an experience with God, equipping people with the word and engaging people to influence the world around them. So it's not just about what we experience. It's not just about being equipped with the word this morning. But it's about what do we do with this word. Now let's look at this in Zechariah chapter 3. I'm going to read verse 8. It says, Hear now, O Joshua the high priest, thou and thy fellows that sit before thee, 
for they are men wondered at. Amplified says, hear now, O Joshua, the high priest, you and your colleagues who usually sit before you, for they are men who are a sign or an omen type of what is to come. For behold, I will bring forth my servant, the branch. Now we talked about Jesus, the branch, right? And what we abide in the, in the vine, right? We abide in, in, in the vine. We abide in him, right? Now let's look at verse 10. In that day, so I will bring forth my servant, the branch. Then it says, in that day, says the Lord of hosts, shall you, these are all the fellows. These are the ones that are walking after God. Hallelujah. Shall you call every man, his neighbor under the vine and under the fig tree? See, it's not just for me abiding. It's not just me resting in that, in the vine. And him resting in me. But it says in that day of the branch, says the Lord of hosts, shall you call every man his neighbor. Call every man his neighbor under the vine and under the fig tree. Meaning we need to be telling people, come under the vine. We need to tell our neighbor, come under the fig tree. Come, come, come into, come in, come into where the branch is. Come into where this is, because this is where you're strengthened. This is where you're made. Come in, tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, tell them to come in, tell them, go out in the highways and byways and compel them to come in. Tell the neighbor to come in because it's only in the branch you're made strong. It's only in the branch that, that you can find strength. It's in him. Tell your neighbor to come and bring them under, bring them under the vine, bring them under the fig tree. Hallelujah. That's what we're called to as believers. The king of glory, the Lord strong and mighty, but it's not just about what we're abiding in, but let's tell our neighbor to come under that same vine, that same fig tree and receive strength. I'm telling you, our world, people you work with, your family members need strength. People are discouraged. People are hopeless. I'm telling you, it's when we, we, out of that abiding with him, that he then comes in. Not only will strengthen us, but cause others to be strengthened. You receive this word today. Father, I thank you for the word. And as a, as a congregation, as a people, we determine in this holiday season, we determine in this Christmas season that we will abide in this season, in this new era, when attacks may try to intensify or the enemy may try to prevail, we choose to remain strong and stay close because it's in that we're made strong. And not only will we receive the strength that comes from abiding with you, Father, not only do we leave this place today and make a commitment to abide in you and abide in your word, but I thank you that we will be a light to others, and that we will bring people under that same vine and that same branch, under the same fig tree, to receive the strength they need. I speak strength into every believer. I speak your empowerment and your anointing into every believer. I thank you that the people of Herod of Faith, I declare and prophesy that they are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
Can you say that with me? Say, I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Can you say it one more time? I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you.